Pastor Brian Scheimer is here with us this morning from Westside United Methodist Church, and uh, we've had a really wonderful week here. At, well, I've got my water with me. I don't usually do that. Um, you never know when you might need a drink. Yeah, I'm, I need to throw it in your face, you know. Um, <laughs> and uh, we had a wonderful week at Camp I Want to Be where the theme was changing the world through love. And so I asked Pastor Brian to come and share the pulpit. We don't really, I don't really use the pulpit. We share the space yeah. and uh, share the story and talk about the story. But uh, before we get into the story, I want to share... Just a couple of thoughts about brothers and sisters. Raise your hand if you have a brother or sister or a sibling. Yeah, most of us. So this is familiar. This is familiar territory. Uh, brothers and sisters in the Bible is familiar territory. The, the story of death in the Bible actually begins with two brothers, jealous of one another, Cain killing Abel because he thinks that there's not enough blessing for him. He doesn't get the right blessing from God. It moves throughout scriptures with Jacob and Esau and sisters as well with Leah and Rachel thinking there's not enough for them. Uh, I, I have a sister. Her name is Kim. And, and uh, it's, think back with your siblings if you, if you have them. There was a point when you were really young and your sibling was your only person that you could play with, right? And so they were your friend. And my sister and I, we were friends when we were really, really young. I remember playing with her Barbie dolls. I remember when I got involved in Taekwondo, uh, my sister wanted to then also get involved in Taekwondo. Uh, she would call me Richie Poo, and I would call her Kimchi. And, <laughs> I <laughs> and there were these moments when we really loved each other when we were really, really young. And, uh, and how often does that begin to change as you grow up? And I wonder if maybe these brothers in this story that Brian's about to share with us, maybe they had those moments when they were really young, when they were playing with each other's dolls and giving each other's nicknames, but maybe then something changed as they were growing up. Let's share a little bit. Yeah. We'll come back to my sister, too. Yeah, and cool. I want to I share one thing that happened this week that I thought you guys would appreciate. Um, a little guy was really, really frustrated because he goes to the Child Way Preschool here, mm -hmm. and he was really frustrated because none of his friends were here, because whenever he comes here, all of his friends are with him, but this time, it was with this group of non-friends, mm. and so he was like emoting about this, ah, there's no friends here, I don't have any friends here, no friends at all, I can't believe it, and, and so he just like emoting, emoting, I was like, wow, that's really hard, man, I'm sorry about that, um, maybe you'll have to make some friends, I tried, <laughs> um, and um, <laughs> And he's like, ah, and he didn't like, it's like, you know how he does, you don't hear some things sometimes? This story is some people not hearing things also. But anyway, um, oh, no, no, no. And this little precious girl, I was like, oh my gosh, touched my heart. She put her hand on his shoulder and she looked him in the eye and she said, I will be your friend. Mm. It was so beautiful. It was like, that's what the body of Christ is supposed to look like, right? Mm. Now, of course, he missed it. He was a guy. He was like, <laughs> Didn't even see this touching moment. It's like, oh my gosh, you didn't, you, well, but anyway, so, um, this story flows out of the, um, the Pharisees and the teacher of the law being angry with Jesus because he always hangs out with sinners mm. and feeling like that's just a terrible place to be hanging out. And Jesus never contrasted a, um, a situation with a statement, very seldom used statements, he used stories. So in response to their upset with him, their criticism of him, 
for hanging out with the prostitutes and tax collectors, he told three stories in a row. And they all have similar thematics. You know this story. You know that you know you've heard the story. You've already heard a piece of it already, I, re I realized today. And all three stories deal with a similar thematic of something being lost, somebody being so willing to go to all ends to find it, mm. and something being found. Mm. And so with that, I want you to hear the stories if you've not heard it before. There was a man. He had two sons. The younger one came to his father and said, give me my share of the estate. And so the father divided his inheritance between them. The younger son went to a foreign country and spent all he had on wild living and then ran out of his resources and a famine came upon the land and he began to be in want. So he went to a local landowner and hired himself out and the man asked him to feed his pigs. So here this Jewish boy is slopping the pigs and feeling hungry, so much hunger, he wanted to eat what the pigs had to eat, but they wouldn't give him anything. And that's when it says he came to his senses. And he said to himself, my father's servants have a place to sleep and mm. food to eat, and here I am starving. I know what I'll do. I'll go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And so he went on his journey back home. When he was still a long ways off, the father saw him coming and ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him. And a son began his speech. Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. The father spoke to his servants, quick, bring my best robe and put it on him. Put my ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. For this son of mine was dead and has been found. He's been lost. He's been lost and found dead and has come back to life. And kill the fatted calf. We're going to have a feast and celebrate. And they began to celebrate. <laughs> now the older brother was out in the fields working. And he came in and hearing the music, he asked one of the servants what was happening. The servant told him, oh, your brother has returned and your father killed a fattened calf and is having a party. And he was so angry. He refused to go in. And the father came out to him and begged him to come in. And the older son said, look, all these years I've slaved for you. And then this son of yours comes home and you kill the fattened calf for him? Yet my, me and my friends, you never even gave us a young goat that we could have a feast. And the father says, my son, you are always with me. All I have is yours. Don't you see? This brother of yours has come home. We had to celebrate. He was dead and has come back to life again. He was lost and has been found. Now that's the end of this story. Hmm. My, uh, my sister and I, as we were growing up, we had a lot to cope with. There was, a, there was um, some trauma, and so we had to cope. I coped by biting my fingernails and going deeper in my faith and falling more in love with Jesus. My sister coped with 
biting her fingernails and rub rubbing drugs into her gums. And when I was 19, I left for college to get out of the home and to not come back um, and to uh, pursue a life in ministry. And when my sister was 19, um, she had all of her teeth removed um, because they had been rotted away. I left and I began to work hard, um, paid for college for myself and, and tried to make a life for myself. And about that same time, my sister came back home to be totally dependent on my parents and we started to resent one another. I started thinking about all the work and all the debt I was putting myself into to begin a life. And I would look back at my sister, who had already left home. She was a few years older than me. But then coming back to my parents' house and being dependent on them and using their resources all through her adult life and not working, not going to school, not making something of herself. She did get cleaned up. She did get sober. Um, but she didn't work hard. And I got resentful. And I got a little bit bitter. This isn't fair. I'm working hard, and I'm thousands of dollars in debt, and, and I would never even dare ask my parents to give me money. And here's my sister receiving and receiving and receiving from my parents. I wonder, I wonder if we can identify with that little bit of anger, resentment. It feels like justice isn't being done. I wonder if you could tell the story again with me because I want to make sure you take it with you as you're thinking about it. And so let's hear it again. I want you to help me out this time, okay? So a father had two sons, and the younger one came to his father, and he said something. What did he ask for? Yeah. And, and the father, did he say anything back to that? Isn't that interesting? So he divided, the, hmm. divided, the, divided it between them. And the son went off, and what did the younger son do? <laughs> I, love, I love your face when you said, wasted it. <laughs> I love it. That was, that was very classic. <laughs> Wasted it on wild living, and when he ran out of his resources, something came upon that land, and then he began to be, and so what did he do? And, yeah, ended up slapping, the, and what did he want to eat? Have you ever seen pig slop? Oh my God, this is like, this is desperate place, right? Desperate place. And, and then it says, I love the line, he came to his senses. And what did he remember? Do you remember what he remembered? At my father's house? Yeah. Yeah. Servants have plenty to eat and a place to sleep. I'm going to go home and I'm going to tell my father something. I've sinned against what? Heaven. And? You. And I'm no longer worthy to be called what? Son. Therefore, make me one of your... And so he goes home and the father has totally forgot about him and isn't even paying attention, right? Doesn't even know he's coming, right? He's just going about his business, doesn't know he's coming. In fact, one of the servants has to tell the father the son has arrived, right? No, thank you. Somebody nodded. Nah. Uh-huh, that's why we do it twice. <laughs> the father is looking, right? Sees him when he's still a long ways off. And what does he do when he sees him? 
yeah, and he embraces him, kisses him, and then, and then what happens next? The son gives his speech, and what does the father do? Does he hear the speech? What does he say to the servant? Uh-huh. And then, and then kill the fatted calf we're going to celebrate, because the son of mine was, and, is a, and was lost and is found. And then the older brother's working in the fields, and and he comes in and he hears the music, asks the servant what's going on. The servant says, haven't you heard your brother has come back? And we are? Mm-hmm. And then the older brother is, mm-hmm. and he refuses to go in. So the father comes out and begs him. And the older brother says something to him. Do you remember what he says? Mm-hmm. Look. Uh-huh. I've been slaving you for you all these years. I never disobeyed a thing you think, single thing. <laughs> Single, single thing you've said. It's been a very long week. I've been speaking different You're languages. It's really been a long week. I'm the wallaby. Don't tell the kids. But anyway, uh. <laughs> so it's an accent that goes Irish and German uh. and also. Anyway, anyway, yeah. I've never disobeyed a single thing you've said. And did you? You never gave me even a young goat that we could have a party and celebrate. And the father responds and says, "My son, what? Do you remember what he says?" You're always with me, and all that I, uh, mm-hmm. all that I have is yours. Don't you see this brother of yours? This brother of yours. Did you hear what the son calls, says to the father? What the oldest son says to the father? This, and the father says, "This brother of yours." Mm was lost and has been found, was, had died and has come to life again. Don't you see, we had to celebrate. Such a picture of relationships, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I just wonder as we come back to this story, I wonder if you guys can connect with the idea of what the dad might have felt like when his younger son said to him, I wish you were dead. Because that's what he was saying, right? Because if you want your inheritance before the person has died, what are you saying? I wish you were dead. Mm. I mean, anybody ever had a teenager that said something like that? Like, we've all had teens, right? Mm-hmm. I hate you! <laughs> Whatever. Uh, we've all had that, right? If, uh, maybe if you haven't, you know, <laughs> yeah, you can look forward to it. <laughs> but how might it have felt to the dad that the younger son said, I wish you were dead now? Mm. And mu- what might we learn about what's going on in the dad's heart? That he doesn't say anything. He's done fighting. Mm. So okay. Yeah. Okay. Anybody relate to that? What might that have felt like for this dad? Mm. Crushing. Yeah. Mm. Any other words? What was that? Sorrow. Sorrow. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Failure. Ooh. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah, what did I do wrong, right? Yeah. Sorrow, crushing, failure. Any other words come to mind? Resignation. Yeah, just like, Mm -hmm. okay, yeah. Can't fight anymore. Okay, yeah. Huge emotion, right? Huge emotion. Now you tell me that stories don't relate to our lives. Mm. (laughs) 
right? Mm-hmm. It's like huge, right? It's like all a part of our, we've all been there. Yeah. And we've all seen the kind of rivalry, um, sibling like, like Rick's describing. Haven't yeah. we seen that? Yeah. I don't think my sister and I thought at all about what our parents were thinking about us. <laughs> I don't think we were considering the heartbreak that they yeah. were going through because they went through that trauma as well. Right. My sister also resented me, um, not because I was draining the family resources, but because I left. I got out. And every six months or so, I would come into town for a, a couple of days. I, ne- I never stayed home very long. But I would come into town long enough to gain my parents' praise, to go to church, and to have everybody say, wow, look at Rick. He's doing it. (laughs) And I would come into town, and I would get all the favor. I would get all the favor. And uh, my sister would watch as my parents loved me and not her. And my sister would think about how I just up and left the family, especially at a time when she had a daughter while I was in college. And I didn't come home and I didn't help. I didn't do my work. I didn't, I was not part of my niece's life for 16 years. I never went back home. Yeah. And so my sister began to resent me as this wonder boy who doesn't come and take care of the family. And we started to resent one another, mainly because it wasn't fair. It wasn't fair. In my brain, I was working hard, doing everything right, making something of myself, doing what I can to cope with the trauma of our childhood, and I got out and left. And my sister was not working hard, was not doing what she could. In her brain... Rick was receiving all the praise and the accolades, and everybody liked him, but he didn't care about the family. When things got hard, he got up and left town. So there was a sense on both of our sides of this is unjust. This is not fair. This is not fair. And I wonder if that's not at the heart of what the older brother is thinking. This is not fair. Are you kidding me? I have done everything right. I've worked for you. I've never left. When my brother left and said, hey, give me half the inheritance, I can go, I thought maybe I should do that too. I could do that. Where's my half? Leave the father down and out penniless, but I can go out and do whatever I want. But I didn't, Dad. I stayed by your side, and you've never showered me with accolades. You've never thrown a party for me. This guy leaves and comes back, and all of a sudden, he's the best thing you've ever seen. This is not fair. Can we relate to that sense of, this is not fair? And it makes you wonder, the brother, uh, in his situation, I I think we often ignore the older brother in this story. Mm -hmm. We don't really get to the older brother. We just pay attention to the prodigal. In fact, prodigal means extravagant, so it's actually the father that's prodigal in the story. Mm-hmm. He's the one that's extravagant and giving yeah. and overwhelming. But we, we pay attention to the, to the younger son. He's the one that goes off and comes back. But the older son, we don't give as much attention to, and yet he's, he can be like mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. you know, doing the right thing. I mean, he's home, and yet do you see him really benefiting from the fact that he's home? Like, has oh, he really... No. 
Has he really um, enjoyed the fact that everything that his father has is his to enjoy? Has he missed that somehow? Mm. I mean, has he just been living and working as if he's a slave? He's been working as if he's a slave. All these years I've slaved for you, he tells his father. So he's been working as if he's a slave, and yet he is a son. The elder son, which means he got double portion of whatever the father has, not just por- uh, the one portion the younger son took away, he got a double. So everything I have is yours, the father says, mm. and he's missed it. Mm. I wonder if we sometimes miss the fact mm. that we are... We've received so much. We have so much already given to us. It's already been poured into our lives. We have so many things already, so many gifts and beauty, and so much of the presence of Almighty God with us, and we can miss it because we get blinded by the shining star. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we can just miss it, right? Yeah. Just totally miss yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, Eventually, you know, this this trauma that happened in my family kind of got the best of all of us. And um, about 10 years ago, my mother called to tell me on Christmas that I'm no son of hers anymore. And it was heartbreaking and really difficult. And she hasn't seen either of our grand, all, either of her grandchildren or uh, either of my children and my sister's two children either. Um, and it was it was heartbreaking. And uh, I remember not knowing who to call, who could understand this pain, having your mother tell you never to call. Um, so I picked up the phone and I called my sister for the first time in my adult life. I called her and I said, hey, did you hear what happened between me and mom? And she said, no. And I said, well, you know, I called to wish them Merry Christmas, and she told me never to call back again, and she listed all these ways that I failed her. And you know what my sister said? She said, oh, thank God they hate you as much as they hate me. <laughs> oh, man. And in like an instant, we were Richie Pooh and Kimchi again, right? Because we saw each other and she did not know the struggle that I was going through, and she didn't see who I really was. And in that moment, walls started breaking down around my heart and seeing my sister for who she Yeah, she had some pitfalls in her teenage years and early adult life, but she's cleaned herself up. And yeah, I mean, we're not on the same path. We're doing things a little differently, but she's done well. She's worked hard. And we started to see that break down a little bit. And I still, and I started to let go of some of that, this isn't fair. It's not fair, right? It's not fair that she's getting these things. And and I don't know, I can't speak for her on her side, but she started to see me and started to break away that veneer of what she thought I was going through and what my life was like and that things were always rosy. And we started to see each other And we started to be kind to each other and not only focus on what is just and what is fair, but we started to be kind to one another. Um, There's the scripture in Micah 6, 8. Uh, We like this scripture. We like this scripture. Uh, God says um, to Micah, 
Uh, human one, what does the Lord require of you but to love, uh, do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with God? And we do the do justice thing. We like it when things are right. We like it when things are correct. We like it when justice prevails. We like it when the scales are even. But that's not enough. If we only focus on justice and making sure things are even and you get what you deserve and only what you deserve and I get only what I deserve, then we're, streaming, or we're swimming against the stream of God's grace because God is also kind and loving. So to love mercy, which is not a great translation, the word for mercy there is hesed, which is this unique scripture or unique word in the Hebrew language, which means faithful love or faithfulness, a love that doesn't quit, a love that is persistent and ongoing. And so a better translation would be to love love, to love kindness, to love faithfulness, to love mercy, to be kind with one another. I think that older brother does justice pretty well. He does what is right. Never left the father, does his work, says, hey, wait a sec, that guy never did any work, and he gets a party. So if we're going to balance the scales, my party must be, I need a party too. My party must be much greater. But what he doesn't have and what the father has in spades is kindness and mercy. My sister and I, we're still working on it. We still don't see things eye to eye on a lot of things. Um, but we see each other, and we're practicing being kind to one another. And we're trying to talk to each other more often. We don't do it all the time. We haven't seen each other in a while. But God is working on my heart to not always be fighting for justice, 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 make things right, but to also, in this moment, be kind as well. And I think we need to apply this in more ways than just our siblings and our relationships. When we hear of tragedies, when we hear of shootings, yes, we want justice. Yes, things need to be made right. Don't lose sight of kindness. Don't lose sight of mercy. Don't lose sight of love. We have to take care of our hearts as individuals and as communities. Where's the heart of our community, where's the heart of our nation? Do justice, but love mercy and walk humbly with God, which is the only way you can have these two things, hold these two things together, is to continue to walk with God, continue to be in prayer, continue to worship, continue to hear these stories and let the Spirit of God edify you and move in you. Do justice, love mercy, walk humbly with God. Amen. Amen. And that's why we come to this table, to let God move in us again. As we think about our relationships, as we think about our siblings, as we think about our country, as we think about our demand for justice, let mercy and love flow into you and through you as well.